Welcome to the Road Safety Podcast with me, Dr. Karen McDonnell, Occupational Health and Safety Policy Advisor at ROSPA. This is a podcast that keeps driving and riding for work and managing the risk in the minds of people and businesses across Scotland. Our conversations will help you understand where driving and riding for work sits within the safe system approach and to think about new and emerging risks. This podcast is part of the work of the Scottish Occupational Road Safety Alliance project funded by Transport Scotland and delivered by ROSPA that not only contributes to Scotland's road safety framework to 2030, but also ROSPA's strategic objectives relating to those who drive or ride for work. And for listeners in the UK and wider world, the safe system and management of occupational road risk principles discussed during this podcast series can be applied wherever you are. We're back with a new series because we all have a part to play in keeping ourselves and each other safe on the roads. And today's episode is all about how being part of the SCORSA network has helped one organisation to think differently and manage the risk. I'm joined by John Johnson, Senior HSE Advisor at Technic FMC Dunfermline and a member of the Scottish Occupational Road Safety Alliance Steering Group. So hi, John. I think you would agree that getting the management of work-related road risk right saves lives. Understanding the background data, developing and implementing policies and creating the right conditions for success. So Technic FMC have been members of SCORSA since its inception. So for listeners, what types of vehicles are part of your fleet? Hey, Karen. Uh, Yeah, we've got, we don't have a huge fleet. And I think what we do have, though, is... Uh, we have lots of different vehicles, which is part of the challenge that we do have. So we've got your typical pool cars, yep, and we've got uh, the electric vehicles which are coming in. We have what we've got, um, we call the, the milk float runs, and the vehicles that go between our buildings, and they're not too far away, actually. They're only across the road, but um, they decided using that data that you mentioned how much money they could save on whether it's fuel, repairs, balancing it against using the electric vehicles. So we've got uh, small vans, we've got small, what you call them, flatbed trucks and things that will just take goods from the warehouse into the main facility. And it, it just helps, and it's all across the road. So that in itself, I think, was one of the first things that we did. And it was, it was really good for people to see, well, that's actually a good idea. We also have a tractor, um, a full big green John Deere tractor, which I love, and it does the same. It goes back and forward. However, it's not as environmentally friendly. But what we do recognise is it's a, it's a real serious piece of kit, and it's not just a car going across the road. It's not just a vehicle, electric vehicle. This is proper vehicle that's going to get in the way, and it's, it's just a, a big beast out there. So we have that. We have an awful lot of um, light goods vehicles that we use. We obviously utilise a lot of uh, logistic contractors out there. We've typically got a few round about the area and five we can call on. So there's enough. There's quite a lot of things that can just happen. So we've got to react to that. We're trying to educate people on how to react to that. It could be simple things like the, the weather and things. So... Um, other vehicles that we have. We do have some um, leased cars, company cars, but it's, it's only about three or four of these in the company. So you've got maybe 20-odd different vehicles that we directly utilise in between here and kind of Aberdeen, and then we decide on different vehicles if we're going down to like Newcastle and, and things. So 
and it's growing. And our education, our awareness is actually starting to um, improve. So we're getting better at it as well. So yes, it's a bit of an eclectic mix, I think. Yeah, so in, indeed it's a sort of very rich mix of uh, vehicles that you're involved in engaging uh, with the drivers and, and riders. So how many people uh, within your network uh, are involved in, in either driving uh, for work to work or indeed riding to work or for work? We have about the drivers that we have kind of on the on the books, if you like, that use the pulpits regularly, and, and you're talking about um, project managers or the other people that go see the suppliers. But eighty to hundred of those, then they frequently use them. And cyclists, we have about fifty. And bearing in mind, some of them, it'll depend on on weather for some people, so whether they use the car or not. Um, so we're probably a mix of both. Um, we've got a few e-bikes coming around the corner now, so yeah, there's a few starting to use that. Our job, I think, the next thing is to help people recognise when you're using them for work. So the, the company overall, uh, company as policy is not to use cycles, e-bikes or um, motorbikes as part of company travel. And I think that's quite an outdated thing now. I think we need to look at that and, and challenge that. Yeah, so we've got quite a few people and motorbikes we're finding new people every every other day now um, i reckon easy 100 people that would still utilize a motorbike at leisure and uh, commuting to work so how beneficial do you think uh, given the the, sort of the the array of vehicles in your fleet and the number of people uh, driving or riding for work beneficial has been part of the scorsa network being and helping you understand uh, and manage the risk you know i think because we're a huge company i mean there's there's always a larger, but we've got like maybe 20,000 globally. And in the, the UK, we've probably got about two to two and a half thousand people. Trying to get these things in place where uh, Scotland is not huge. It's, it's okay in Scotland, but when you start to look at the, the wider uh, global network we've got, it's difficult to get that embedded. So we always say that Technip FMC, we're a big ship and it takes us a long time to turn around, but we still keep doing it. So I think as long as we've got people like myself, like you, Karen, and the network that we're involved in, which is huge, um, as long as we've got that driving it, pardon the pun, but if we've got that in the background and helping to raise awareness and, and drop these seeds everywhere, I'm 100% I am fully backing it because I, I, I genuinely believe that these conversations that we bring from like the, the Scorsa meetings and, and the wider network, is they can make a huge difference. And if it just lands somewhere, somebody could be on their travels and just remember half a comment and it could change their day um, or worse. So that's the benefit, kind of in the background, the, the, the woolly part, getting that into the the actual systems at a local level is my goal and, and that's okay we're getting there slowly but surely well that introduction really sets the scene for the conversation john so thanks very much indeed so if we could focus on a couple of examples um technic fmc are very focused on sustainability uh, can you provide some insights uh, for our listeners into where road safety fits within sustainability for your organization yeah, so we've we've been on this journey probably a few years now, and it obviously started as well. That's a good idea. Let's get electric vehicles, and we'll get electric vehicle charging points in our car parks. It sounds great, and we're a big ship. It takes a long time to turn around. However, 
and you obviously had um, how far can these things go, I think, is, is one of these questions that people maybe have at the front of their mind. And obviously that's getting better now. So the time is now, and what we're seeing is there's a, a real want, a real need for changing um, the, the old way and, and coming into the sustainability part where we've got even a salary sacrifice. We've starting to put incentives out there. So when you first start the journey, it's like we're going to have four electric charging points in the car park. Would anybody use them? And you had people maybe having um, dipping their toes in electric vehicles and they weren't used very much. But then you've got the leadership kind of leading by example. So their next vehicle, they're, they're kind of encouraged to go for an electric vehicle. Maybe not necessarily uh, the nicest, sometimes for on their in their eyes, but definitely encouraged. But then you see them going out to the car park, and it's quite far away actually, the car park, and the rain plugging in their vehicle and going to work. I think that's really powerful. So that kind of thing has really helped the culture. More and more people are getting are coming on board. We've got our, uh, we've got up in Aberdeen. We've got part of our business there. They're the same. They're, they're going well into their journey, and then it's created things like the the app for uh, even using the parking space to charge your car for an hour, not a full day, because you take up the space and other people need it. So we've gone from dipping your toes in it to the next. A stage, we've actually just signed off the, the risk assessments and, and things to let the contractor start um, creating uh, a bit another 20 electric charging points in the car park So because there's a want and a need there. So it's really, it's kicking off, like I say, the salary sacrifice. I've had leased cars in the past, and depending on the package you pay, obviously the cost, but the cost through the salary sacrifice covers everything all your maintenance, um, your tyres, your insurance, everything. And it's cheaper. It works out cheaper. So it's quite, it's a really good incentive plan. So in terms of, you mentioned um, sort of uh, travelling on business, have you got some insights and you also mentioned an app and I know that your organisation has looked at the safest mile being the mile not driven, you know, and encouraging people to uh, drive fewer miles, which indeed is the sort of uh, the top of the, the pyramid when we're talking about eliminating uh, driving risk. I mean, have you got some insights into how you've listened to those who drive and ride for work and really changed the way things are done to reduce the risk? Absolutely. Um, Technology is advancing as well. Uh, and what we're looking at is all things like an you know, old virtual reality, augmented reality for our customers. But when we do these things, we we open it up to the to the wider local business and say, well, what is the benefits we're getting? So you get these different departments saying one thing, the people deal with customers, and, and there's me and our department saying, you've got less miles, did you know that? And that, that's like, oh, so it is. And then it's, it's a good thing to report back to the customers. It's just that other thing that might tip the balance of why a customer might choose you. So people see the business part. Um, sometimes I don't care if they're talking about, the con- if they're having the conversation that I want them to have. Cool, that's okay. And we're still going to um, reduce the risk of these extra miles. One of the other things I think was just by accident, 
was the electric vehicles, the short journey, uh, the short time for the uh, the batteries, pretty much. Um, you can't go the extra miles. So it's reducing the mileage and it'll probably puts some people off. They might just say, well, do you know what? I'm not so sure about the vehicles. I think I'll just get on the phone, get on a Teams call. Um, okay, um, it's not sometimes the best because you do want people to, to interact with their colleagues. But for the road safety aspect, I'm kind of thinking, that's okay, that's great. Um, but then educating people about like when the, the rules changed uh, for like the, the cyclist and past, passing safely and things, because we've got some, so many different uh, types of people that use the, the roads and different modes of transport, it's really good talking points. And then if we can start to listen to that, which we're doing, and how can we help them? Do we give them extra training? Do we do slightly different campaigns? Um, yet we're doing... Uh, we're drip feeding campaigns but if we can do really good targeted ones then yeah we're on a winner I think that it's, it's interesting for people to uh, hear how you think about um, all the various facets in relation to managing driving risk uh, to your employees and your supply chain I think it's important that they hear your reflections on that uh, you'd mentioned uh, earlier about the number of EVs uh, increasing and that you have indeed accommodated uh, people's needs we also mentioned uh, for example you know crossing the road you know your vehicles crossing the road uh, to other other sites I mean what sort of orientation do you give people in terms of the risk assessment associated with managing that risk because crossing the road it's a very short distance but you're in a busy area uh, how do you keep those messages very fresh in in drivers minds I'd like to give you I don't know a couple of approaches and one by accident and that's a kind of a personal me of how I do my job and how I interact with some of the people who make decisions and another one is simple things like sign it by the way that's a I think that's a nice drip feed to, to help people understand so I do have I'm pretty sure an awful lot of listeners will have some conversations that are a bit more challenging than others when we want to make changes or um, increase people's perception of the risk that's out there. And I'm like, well, it's a public road. But then if you were to think about our site, where we're located, we've got uh, the fire station just down the road. We also have the ambulance uh, depot just down the road. Frequently, they're coming out. And the quickest way for them is to come up past our site between our two buildings. If we get that wrong, if we've got a tractor pulling a trailer, bear in mind our, our kit is pretty heavy. So when this tractor's pulling things, it's not that quick to pull away. If we pull across the road and these vehicles are coming up to, to an emergency and something must have happened to our vehicle, then that's just blocking it. And then to try and turn a fire engine, that just doesn't sit right with me. These kind of challenging conversations, we're still talking about it. The nature, human nature, we're going to go and talk about it to other people. Whether they're saying, John's wanting us to do this. I'm all right with that. I'm quite thick-skinned. I'm a safety guy after all. Obviously, SCORSA encourages organisations to have policies and procedures in place and to engage with people around uh, the content to make sure they're embedded in the business. But that reflection that you've just given us on the roads as a shared space and thinking about the difference that you make as a road user, irrespective of the vehicle uh, that, that you're um, 
driving uh, to or for work uh, and that whole just, you know, what if and those those simple words that we sometimes hear in relation to, for example, with um, speeding, you know, just exceeding the speed limit. You know, those words are very, they're small, but they're very powerful uh, when we're thinking about our roads as a shared space and keeping something in the forefront of people's minds when uh, driving and riding to and from work and for work is a habit for many people. So for people in organisations listening, how do you keep your drivers and riders engaged around the topic of road safety and driving risk? And what kinds of campaigns have you taken forward in the business? Yeah, so when I, when I engage with any of the, the networks that I'm involved with, whether it's Swisscorse or um, Rospa or, or anything else, um, try and bring that back as well. And I'll, I'll take loads of notes and I'll come back. And, and even if it's a simple... A simple page. We've got plasma screens here that we can um, throw up just the odd message. There's no flight business information there, but when we throw up something interesting, like uh, did you know that uh, driving for for work is a it's a health and safety risk? And they're like, eh, it doesn't really sound, but it's against the law for certain things to do health and safety. So if the police get involved, that's a different conversation. People start to think, oh. I've never really been told this kind of thing. So just having that conversation with people to show them something different, a different way of thinking, the emotive things, passing a cycle, and that's quite a, a, device, a, a divisive conversation at times. But it is a conversation, and um, if we can get them having a nice conversation as well, that'd be, that'd be really, really great. We're trying to use a little bit of humour as well, um, and I know that you know all about uh, Locker, and we've used their locker youngsters, right, their volunteers. It's great. We've had them, they created an app and it was a game and it was all about road safety. And it was, there was comedy left, right and centre. So they would, I don't know, they were coming up to signs and it slowed down or, or stop or whatever. Um, but they had to do health and safety risk in mind. So they wanted to do skids and were like, well, that's a great idea. So what, they obviously used some sound effects and some comedy faces and things to create the skid and maybe knock the cyclist off their uh, off their bike. So uh, cut to a, a bike being thrown onto the grass by one of the, the locker room youngsters. So the comedy value is there, but the, the game itself, it gives you real good insight and it, it turns very serious as well. So it gives some good messages. And again, it's a talking point, and that was a few years ago now, and people are still talking about it and we're still getting asked, where can I see that again? Because that was really, really good. Um, but these things, I think they might be short-lived in other businesses as well. So, yeah, there are things in here that's short-lived, so we need to keep refreshing it. Like, safe drive, stay alive. I wanted a helicopter, by the way, so that was another one for the locker kids, but then in uh, covid got in the way so I went in an emergency rescue helicopter in the car park I thought I was told that it was going to be a wee bit too much but then one of the locker youngsters wrote to the Queen and asked if she would want to come up and launch the event so things like that, these things get out just gets people talking what's that all about, it's not just about the product anymore, it's not another health and safety message it's something actually that that whole person, whole life and that that phrase that you created um, a long time ago I'm hearing people in here saying it now, and it's that's that's like music to my ears. So, so in terms of the the overall campaign in peace, 
you essentially encourage people to have like daily conversations about road safety uh, and driving for work. And those conversations encourage them to drive fewer miles, perhaps to meet without moving and really to take those messages uh, home with them. So how have you found that having these conversations with the wider SCORSA network have made a difference? You know, if, if you had to give us a sentence on a piece of inspiration from the SCORSA network, you know, who have you learned from and why have you learned from them so well? Being part of the SCORSA network itself, because you've got the actual the, the local authorities and what you've got everybody at the highest level where we could make changes to policy, road safety policy in Scotland and hopefully the rest. People latch on to that and think, actually, I'm not just going to work in there, make a product and leave. Part of what I do, and my job is to, is to make them realise, help them realise, that what they do is, that hour they do it is useful and it will change their minds. And I think they've got a good culture for that, They're quite receptive to, to hearing that. So just learning from the whole network is coarser and the, the level it's pitched at is kind of where I take my learnings and try and pass it on into here. Now, that, that's absolutely perfect, John. I mean, I think also if we just reflect for, for listeners uh, that, you know, the SCORSA project is part of the overall uh, delivery of Scotland's road safety framework uh, to 2030, you know. So the organisations that are part of the SCORSA network are making that proactive uh, contribution, which is uh, absolutely outstanding. <laughs> I'd like just to thank you very much, uh, John Johnson, Senior Health and Safety uh, Advisor at Technic FMC Dunfermline. Uh, thanks to you for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your usual podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. And we'd love it if you could leave a review. It really does make the podcast easier for others to find. The Road Safety Podcast is produced by Fresh Air Production. I'm Karen McDonnell and thanks for listening. <laughs>